Welcome to Podcast 6. Each episode, we bring you the trials and tribulations of independent filmmaking in Toronto. Podcast 6 talks about the challenges and solutions to indie filmmaking. Lock in and get ready to blast into the indie film universe. everyone welcome to podcast six my name is sarvan and i have kelly here with me and we'll be discussing a few things on our agenda kelly let's get started what do we have to discuss today so today we're discussing our ebook um how i made my short horror film which is available on amazon yeah it's and we're giving that away with this podcast mm-hmm. right yes we're gonna go over the pre-production which includes a script props wardrobe location We'll go over the production, which is the call sheet, equipment, cast, and crew. And we'll go over a little bit about the post-production. But before that, um, we think everyone should go and watch the film, obviously. Yes. So there will be a YouTube link as well down there with the PDF. So go ahead and watch the film. It's around 10 minutes. And then this will all kind of make sense. You know, kind of get a gist of uh, how we put the film together. Mm -hmm. For anyone out there who wants to make a horror film or any kind of short film. Okay, so the script. So the script was um, written by me and, and took me about a day mm-hmm. to write the actual um, format of it. But obviously, fixing it up takes about a. It took me a couple days, um, and you know, getting the whole cast together and seeing who's available and um, the locations really kind of molded the script. Mm-hmm. So how did you get the locations and stuff? The locations um, was provided by uh, Iqbal Verk from Rexdale, who owns a dance club um, in in Rexdale. So he's been kind enough to give us the location, mm-hmm. and we had like full access to it. There wasn't any restrictions or anything like that. So it definitely was a favor because if you if you go in and you try to get the whole proper, um, if you don't know the person, then there's insurance and a lot of things that you know really eat up time and money. So. so. Okay, so he basically just gave you a favor. Yeah, it was a favor. I also did a television show with him. I was doing with um, Planet Records um, three, four years ago. So it's a long time friend, I guess. Yes, long time friend. So the script was then um, sent to the cast and crew, and you could tell if you go into the format here. I know all you scriptwriters listen to this. Um, it's obviously not spaced out. There's supposed to be double or triple spaces in between the lines of dialogue, but. Um, <clears throat> Our whole kind of rule was I wanted to make everything in one page. I know it's kind of cheating it, but um, it still is very kind of very short. So if it was spaced out, it'd probably be around three or four pages. But I I kind of promised everybody involved that it would be one page scripts. Um, So kind of cheated that way. But still, the dialogue and the the descriptions all there. So the script was changed. Um, if you read it, there's some parts here that are added and some parts taken out and that's the whole process of of making these films is um, Things change. Yeah, things change in the fly. Mm-hmm. 
What else? Um, I guess we'll go over the props and wardrobe and how you came up with those ideas and what was going on in your head. Well, it's a 90s theme, right? Yeah, so that's what you went with, the 90s theme? Yeah, we went with the 90s um, television kind of, t you know, your TV shows that you kind of, you watched in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So it had that kind of pop, it was like, those pop colors and um, the whole music as well. We'll talk about that later, but even the uh, the nerd character played by Abbas, Abbas Bajuman, who's a Toronto actor, um, we provided the glasses. We went to the um, costume store in Toronto, and then he kind of brought his own perspective. He pulled his his shorts straight up, and if you go through actually the ebook, doesn't he? He has an interview, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And then the clown, like how, like how did she do all her stuff? Like her makeup was really good. Like the way. Well, she does makeup herself because. She actually works in, uh, believe it or not, a funeral home where she kind of dresses up the dead. So um, she 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 has experience doing makeup, but mm -hmm. I think um, the whole clown thing, she really came through and we, we gave her all the necessary materials and tools. We bought the outfit and, um, you know, sometimes you give an artist free reign and they come up with something really, really good. Okay. And Chanel, I guess, like... Chanel, we it was her wardrobe. We were going back and forth on Facebook talking about certain outfits, and she had her own outfit that she brought, and there were some props, mm -hmm. uh, outfits like gloves and stuff like that, yeah. some pieces that we got, and we mixed and mashed them. So the actors really brought the their characters to life. So Yeah, you can see the picture. With your vision and their vision. Yeah, it's, it's you know... It, I guess I came... Everything comes together. Together, yeah. If you look at the picture of um, of Abbas here on page, on page nine, mm -hmm. so the towel uh, we had the towel. I never, I never thought he'd put it over his shoulder like that. I thought we'd just use it. We would use it as a prop or something in the back, but he put it on his shoulder. Um, the glasses, you know, we kind of last minute we bought those, and it really, really brought his character out. And then you know the shirt, he kind of brought his own shirt and those colors. Mm -hmm. He wanted those '90s colors. Yeah. So and, the and the shorts he pulled up, so it's a lot of stuff kind of mm -hmm. uh, like the magic kind of happens when we're there, you know? I guess it's a little, little details that brings everything Yeah, together. sometimes you just need a little, like the main thing and then everything else is a little details that makes yeah. everything come together. It's all about the details. Okay, so tell us about the call sheet, Sarvan. Well, the call sheet here is, is on page, uh, right after the picture, so on page 10. If you're following along, um, it's kind of like a hybrid, my own kind of version of a call sheet. A call sheet usually just discusses, you know, where you got to be at what time and who's got to be there and what actors got to be there and blah, blah, blah. So with micro budget films, I have to send out an e one email to multiple addresses. And sometimes, you know, it's it, the best thing is some of these people are very busy. So like, you know, they, they get one chance to kind of read everything through. So I try to put on my call sheet everything that um, everything's involved. So you know it's the times. Um, I, I break it down because I'm very good at uh, we managing time on music videos and stuff. So I'm very good at managing time as like how much time it should take this. 
So I, I, I give a rough estimate. Obviously, it says 7.30 back at the studio. We ended at around 11. So it does get pushed back quite a bit. But that's, again, adjustment because we saw we saw the place at night. And then, you know, it was just something that we wanted to do and extend the scene. And Ryan Golding that was there, the cinematographer, was, was like, you know, we should shoot at night. We should make it kind of like a double day. And we kind of, uh, with the help of Anna and... Abbas, who stayed back, we definitely got those shots that we needed. What else in the call sheet? It tells about the crew, the cast. Um, again, it was a quick little note by me to kind of just hype everybody up. And that's the call sheet. It's very simple. Again, these are one-page scripts. These, these films were meant to be shot, or all shot, actually, not meant to be, are all shot in one day. Well, we shot the film on the Red Epic camera at 5k resolution which is a little bit over over the top but um it gives us a lot of room to um play with the colors and enhance the image in post which is why we like to shoot raw at that um at that quality mm -hmm. um, um like i know you use really good equipment um but for let's say for a first time filmmaker do you think it's necessary for them to be shooting on a Right, well, it, even the equipment we use, like, um, I, I'm, we don't have huge, a lot of amount of equipment. We basically have bare-bone equipment. We we kind of s just scraped film equipment together after the last, you know, eight years. But we do have the really nice camera, and that's we're very fortunate to have that. So that's kind of like our weapon that we kind of use. First-time filmmakers, no, you don't need... Um, First-time filmmakers, you do not need nearly you know half the quality of what we're shooting on um especially like a, a, people kind of make excuses that they don't have the red camera they can't shoot they don't have the re they can't shoot their film's not going to look good but the fact of the matter is it doesn't really matter what camera you use um i know that's kind of cliche everybody says that but it really doesn't it really doesn't if you have good lighting um, good acting and a good story to tell with all those things putting com coming together and a little bit of motion because sometimes with the you know the problem with the red epic is that it's huge so we can't do a lot of the the movements that we used to do with the small DSLRs you know the the, the pan shots I mean the, the slider shots and the glide cam shots so we're kind of restricted in that way so you kind of give and take. Uh, the first picture there is um, one of the main key lights we use. Uh, it's a it's a 1.2 HMI. Um, it's it's coming in at daylight, so that's around 5600. So it kind of looks like um, like the sun. You can mimic the sun coming in. I know depends on the angle you're shooting, but as you can see, the how we position this ebook. Why this ebook is so good is because the picture right next to it, mm -hmm. um, you can actually see the light where it's coming. You see that the one side of her face mm -hmm. is lit. That's actually from that light coming through the window there. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the purpose of the light. So, you know, we what was with the horror films? We do the film noir kind of lighting. So see the one side of her face is dark and the other side the, the sun is coming through. Okay, okay. See, yeah, I so didn't that, know that. That gives you more texture. So let's talk about the sound and what you use to record uh, the sound with on the day of. Well, um, the whole film is 80 yard, which means um, traditional dialogue recording. So it's all dubbed, but we did record on location sound to, um, you know, certain things that you, it's hard to replicate in uh, post-production. 
like the garage door opening and uh, certain clicks on the radio. Um, we recorded with a shotgun mic and we got sound as best as possible. So it'd be easier and uh, clear for me and the um, ADR artist to uh, dub the voice. So I guess it's just easier for you during editing to record the sound. Well, some sounds we need, like uh, like I said, the garage door opening, even like certain ambience I, I tend to use to make it feel more realistic. Um, if we were going more for a more um, kind of more s realistic kind of approach, documentary approach, or we would definitely go with the onboard sound that we recorded that day. But since these films are fantasy and they're horror, I felt that we really needed to do the, the voice really had to be very, very clear and studio kind of feel. That's what we did. Okay, sounds good. So what's, um, I guess we'll go over the cast and crew. First and foremost, Ryan Golding, our cinematographer. Well, Ryan um, is, like you said, the cinematographer, producer. He's also a director as well. Um, he came aboard this project in the very beginning. He's He's been a part of all 11. Um, he definitely um, helped film this and light every scene and the camera motion. Um, there's a bio of he also, right, gives his whole yeah. spiel. Mm -hmm. You guys can read it on the ebook. Yeah, we hear his has take a, on the film. Yeah, he has a lot of good insights. If you scroll on ahead, you can read all that. So let's go over, I guess, uh, Abis Pajaman. So Abis is a Toronto is a local Toronto actor. Uh, he's trained in New York, right? He just came back, didn't he? Just, he just came back, right? Yeah, maybe like two years ago. Yeah, so Abis has been working with us since since a while back, since Homicide Live, which is a project we did years years back, like what two thousand nine. Yeah. If you guys do a deep Google search, I'm sure you'll find it somewhere. Um, yeah, so he definitely, he played the nerd character in this film. Um, again, if you scroll on ahead, he actually, we actually do like a Q&A with him, right? Mm-hmm. That was fun. And next... Anna Fletcher. And Anna is, again, a local um, Toronto artist, I would say, and actress after. I think she's just an all-around artist. Um, she was playing the clown, the the, the villain. Mm -hmm. She also did the makeup, and she also helped recording sound, so yeah. all-around artist. Multi-talented. She does fluid artwork as well. Yeah, you guys can check her up on Face on Instagram. Yeah. Anna, Fl Anna Fletcher. Yeah. Um, and we talked about Ryan, mm -hmm. and his job and Chanel is a local model, Toronto model and actress. We've been working with her for a while as well. Uh, she did a great job coming yeah, out. Yeah, they all did. They all did. So her part was, we did her part first and then uh, she had to go. I think she had another, she did another shoot or something. I'm not sure that day, mm -hmm. but um, it was very nice of her to come out and we have working with her for a long time. Okay, so let's get into the post-production. The fun part. The gruesome work of post-production. I think around page 30 it starts. Mm -hmm. So post-production, I guess we'll go over um, the software we used and all that good stuff. So you can go over that. 
So the thumbnails we have there, again, there's Adobe Premiere logo, just to show everybody that we used Adobe Premiere in now to, um, to complete this project. Everything was done in Adobe Premiere, um, from color to sound to uh, cutting the film up to changing the raw settings in the camera and uh, mixing the audio. Mm -hmm. It was all done through Adobe Premiere. Mm -hmm. And then I guess um, I helped you out for the first time. So I've helped Sarvan edit um, a lot of videos, uh, but I guess it was my very first time editing, um, actually sitting with him and editing a film. And it was a really, really fun experience because um, when he like finally masters the visual aspect of the film, um, I helped him add, let's say, the music and the sound effects, which were used from Adobe Premiere and the sound library from Audioblocks. Yeah, which is a subscription we have, right? We have a subscription for Audioblocks. Yeah. Which we highly recommend for all independent filmmakers. For sure, for sure. Because there's like hundreds of thousands of sounds. Mm -hmm. It's a, excuse me, it's a yearly fee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how much it is. But you really helped out with the sound. So talk about a little bit of the sound, what you did. So like using these sounds and noises really um, helped bring, I guess, the characters to life. And I didn't realize that up until I started helping you in editing and editing this film. Um, I guess when you're watching the film, you don't really pay attention to these little things. Mm -hmm. So while like editing it, it was like, um, it really, uh, you know. So, tell some of the sounds in there. Like I know you, you had some specific sounds you wanted to add. Do you remember any of them? Um, what did we add? I guess like, I guess like the, all the animal noises. The chirping. There, yeah, there was a seagulls. Seagulls. Birds. birds and like the dogs. Yeah, there were some dogs barking. And the noises outside. Mm-hmm. The school bells. Like yeah. you guys, if you guys go through the film you'll hear all these. So it's funny because you don't think of it, but then when you add them in, it just brings the film into a mm -hmm. whole nother level. It just feels like something's missing until it's filled in. Yeah. And then um so it really made me appreciate, I guess filmmakers and editors like how much you know time and effort goes into yeah, nobody notices the work of the sound editor mm -hmm. but there's so much work i've always known how hard it is to do like the visuals because i've done that with you so much but like actually now doing the sound it made me realize we're mm -hmm. editing like a whole nother film with the sound yeah and that's saying sound is 50 percent of your film yeah and details then details matter so that's something you quoted in the ebook yeah, like de these little, little details really matter. It's all about the details. And let's talk about the sound, like the music. Remember yeah, the mm -hmm. so the music then, okay, so now not only is there like sound effects and now there's music mm -hmm. uh, that brings the film now onto another level. Like it just brought it up like another notch. Mm -hmm. So we talk about one source we got here, which was Premium B, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what the 80s music, I think, we yeah. got from there. Mm -hmm. So the 80s music we ordered from Premium Beat, um, it was kind of used in the in the very ending and in I think somewhere in the middle, and then for mm -hmm. the beginning shots of um, Jane played by Chanel doing the dance. That's the whole we got that from. Yeah, from Premium mm -hmm. Beat. Now I, I do mention in the in the blurb above that we did do something called Smart Sound, which is the first time I used that. And I want everyone to check this out. It's called Smart Sound, and you you can purchase audio. And what it allows you to do is customize your audio per the you know the the, the clip the, the clip and the the amount of time you need. So let's say there's a 
um, there's a piece in there where you, some an actor is doing a certain piece and you want like 15 seconds, but you don't want it to fade it out. It sounds like you just, you know, plopped in the music. Mm-hmm. Smart sound will actually cut the music and properly, you know, fade it out. Not even fade it out, like instrument it out. So it, it feels like, you know, it's someone actually composed your, your film. Yeah. So definitely we can talk about that later mm-hmm. as well. That definitely was a big up. Yeah. So moving on to color it, correction. Yeah. It really, I guess, helps bring that rich cinematic film score and soundtrack that you, yeah. let's say, experience in a big budget film. Mm-hmm. Going back to the music. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, color corrections. So I guess we can go over a little bit of that. That was fun as well because that brought like the film to another so we shot Lovely. with um, the red. We shot it raw, so everything, remember, was a little bit blanchy. Mm-hmm. So the red tends to, you know, give everything kind of even, which is good because it wants us to, well, it expects, I mean, it expects the user to pu- push the colors. So again, we worked with the with the raw settings first, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. we took all the raw camera I settings remember. and then we kind of boosted them up using uh, the graphs. Mm-hmm. Remember, because you always want to use graphs because you... You really want it to look the same on every monitor. I know sometimes, you know, it looks amazing on your monitor and and you're not looking at the grass, but then you go and play it somewhere else and it's like, oh, it's too dark or, mm-hmm. you know, why is it breaking up or why is this and that? So that's one of the advice I'd give to uh, first time filmmakers is to use that graph because that would have saved me a lot of uh, headaches. I like to use LUTs, but not, not like a certain look. I, we do customize our looks to a certain point, but um, bringing the LUT kind of gives us an outside perspective, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we add the LUT and we kind of just tweaked it, right, mm-hmm, Nelly? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. moving on to near the ending of this book now. The exports, right? That's yeah. uh, your expertise. So again, uh, shot with the red raws. Um, what I did was... Um, before I even took it to YouTube or Amazon or any of these online platforms, which usually is the main export now for films, like it's rare for me to deliver something on um, super, super high quality because it's it's just a bandwidth, right? So what I, I usually do, I still have my masters because um, if you still want to have a big, um, big release, you still need those master files. So I exported an Apple ProRes 444 which takes my raw red files and makes them a nice big fat um, uh, ProRes file, which is looks amazing when we play it back. And from there, um, I made the uh, the YouTube videos, which are 4K and, and HD. And um, we try to keep the bit rate at around 50 megabytes, which mm-hmm. means the compression. Yeah. So yeah, I think YouTube takes around 50 megabytes. Yeah. So anything over that is just wasting a space because YouTube will bring it right back down. Okay. Okay, so that was the ebook. All right. Let's take a break. Let's listen to some music. I think we have some uh, cool, some cool horror scores we can play, and uh, we'll catch up with the next part of the show.
welcome to Podcast 6. Each episode, we bring you the trials and tribulations of independent filmmaking in Toronto. Podcast 6 talks about the challenges and solutions to indie filmmaking. Lock in and get ready to blast into the indie film universe. Welcome back, guys. So what we're going to do now is talk about Black Birthday, our uh, new film that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that one a little bit. So Black Birthday was our film we just released on, what, October 2nd? Mm-hmm. And it's the second film in this 11-part anthology that we're slowly knocking out. Um, it's definitely a darker film. Yeah, I would say that. I definitely think we should have another talk about the whole process of that film. Because there's um, some other actors I wanted to introduce and some other people involved in the film. And I think it's a, it's a different way we kind of shot that as well. So we should definitely, when we put out the, the new ebook for that, we're going to do another podcast especially for that. Okay, sounds good. So that does star um, some local actors too. So we can yeah. talk about Bouchard that. Mon. Yeah, he's a TV, uh, local TV guy. And Steve Kassan is, is plays in a lot, a lot of films. So definitely we can talk about that after. All right. And uh, I guess we can go over our event that we just did uh, this Sunday that just uh, happened. Oh, Sunday. Okay. So we shot um, Sunday. We had a film event. We had an event, right? So let's talk about that. What did we do on Sunday? Um, I guess we filmed for Sleek Media. Uh, So Sleek Media is is a company from Irvine, California Mm -hmm. that deals with social media marketing digital yes. marketing Social. so we've teamed up with them mm-hmm. and we um we did uh we did the the event and opening of uh, cauldron of cauldron ice cream in downtown toronto which is um huge in california they've got like 10 10 12 stores down there and mm-hmm. maybe opening four more here so look out for that um mm-hmm. i'll definitely post that video when it's out yeah it was actually really really good ice cream i never tried the ice cream yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried the yeah, waffle. The waffle was good. And you tried the ice cream too. Mm-hmm. That so was that good. was a, that was a cool event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to partner up with people from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope those guys do well. I like to do stuff for the city. You know, certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. So this episode was episode one, right? Yeah. Okay, so. Hope to see you guys soon. We'll close out with a couple more songs. And will anything else on that agenda you want to talk about? Um, your next film, I guess. Oh, the next film after Black Birthday. We, we It's up in the air. We're thinking of Slender Man, which is a... Because already a movie came out called Slender Man. This is another take on Slender Man internet theory. Um, so that might be coming up before Halloween. Or there's another... There's another one about um, exorcism and a nun and all that stuff. Good stuff that we could put out before... Halloween, which we're going to try to aim for. Other than that, um, we'll have another podcast out to you guys soon to keep up with us. And mm-hmm. Any questions? Where can they get a hold of us? Um, I guess they can contact us at... Uh, it's contact at uh, director6.com. 
Yeah, so any questions you guys have about anything, we can answer those. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So we'll see you guys soon. for watching Podcast 6. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Check us out on the gram at Director 6. I'm